This is Take a Cue, episode 18, now available in video on Spotify and on YouTube. One, two, three, four. <laughs> Welcome to Take a Cue. I'm Eric Dunno, eighth grade band and jazz band director. And I'm Jen Wise, fourth and fifth grade instrumental music teacher. We're two veteran educators with over 35 years of experience teaching music in New Jersey public schools between the two of us, and we're excited to bring teaching, experiences, and insights to you. So excited. Whether you're just starting out in your teaching career, you've been teaching longer than we have, this show will help you grow with new ideas and perspectives about music, education, and teaching. We hope you'll be just as inspired as we are every time you listen. Before we begin, if you enjoy our podcast, please help us out by doing a few super easy things. First, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Then make sure you rate the podcast five stars and leave a review. It helps people find our show who haven't yet, and we really appreciate it. If you find that you get a lot out of our episodes, we'd be grateful if you considered becoming a monthly supporter to help us grow the podcast. You can sign up to make a secure monthly donation using the link in our show notes or on our Anchor site, anchor.fm slash take a cue. That's all one word. Also, if you have questions or comments about anything you hear on the episode, come and interact with us on social media. We're Take a Cue Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hey, Jen. Hi, Eric. Oh, my goodness. Tonight is going to be a good one. This is oh, a yes. good one. It's a great episode tonight. Um, We get to talk with a uh, former band director and administrator here in New Jersey, John Leister. And um, and he kind of pulls back the curtain on interviews and demo lessons and all of this great stuff for anybody that's out there kind of getting into the profession or maybe looking to change positions. This episode is going to be so invaluable. Mm-hmm. I really wish I had all this information when I was first starting out or transitioning between positions. Um, this is this is really great info. It's a really great conversation for those of you out there job hunting or those of you um, considering job hunting. Sure. And in the episode, you're going to hear from John, but you're also going to hear from Jen and from me about our experiences, um, both interview as interviewees and as interviewers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and actually, the episode got so long when we were recording it that we actually decided to split this up into a twofer. So mm-hmm. you get to... Um, enjoy not just one episode about how to ace your interview and uh, get the job, but also another um, bonus episode on this one. It's going to be a lot of late nights editing, I think, but it's worth it. (laughs) So worth it. Um, And, and you all deserve it out there. You deserve to, to find the position that really fits you and uh, you know, find the administrative team that really works for you. So, um, so yeah, yeah, we hope, we hope this helps you out. We're lucky enough that we have found that without a podcast to help uh, us along right. the way. Um, <laughs> I don't know and, how we uh, did it, and, but we, we're, we're really we lucky. I, I, I feel so lucky to be able to teach with Jen and with all of our colleagues and our mm-hmm. administrators um, at my school and our district. Um, and uh, yeah, so hopefully this will help you find your place. Yep. All right. Should we throw it on over to uh, to our chat with John? Let's let's do it. Let's get to meet John. John, thank you so much for taking the time tonight to talk with us about interviews and getting the job and all this great stuff. We're really excited uh, to chat this evening and sort of pick your brain and and talk about some of the experiences we've had. But um, but we're really excited to have you on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Really looking forward to it. Awesome. And is everything going to be in English? Uh, as far as I know. Yeah. Okay. I, I excellent. Speak very little French. <laughs> very good. Very yeah, good. Same. Uh, so John, uh, it sounds like, you know, you've been on, on both sides of the table, but would you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your experience and how you got here on the take a cue podcast tonight? (laughs) Yes. Um, well, it's been like, like all of us, we all have sort of, uh, winding journeys, uh, as musicians, but, uh, I went to school at the university of Illinois and did then a master's at. Juilliard, both uh, degrees were in uh, performance. And my goal was to become a you know full-time performing percussionist, uh, which I did for about five years, um, did some uh, tours, uh, three Broadway tours, 
and was freelancing, uh, played at the paper mill for two years and was, of course, teaching privately. And I was coaching five uh, marching drum lines at various high schools here in New Jersey. So um, that was going well, although when I got married, um, because of my freelance schedule and my wife's schedule, uh, she's a, a registered nurse and she was working a day shift. Um, we basically saw each other Saturday mornings and Monday nights. That was it. Either wow. she was at work or I was at work. Um, so uh, we started to kind of think about having a family and long-term plans uh, and so on. And oddly enough, I got a phone call on August 17th um, from the New Providence School District. And they were looking for a high school band director because uh, their terrific band director, Pete Corey, had left to take another position. And so they were kind of high and dry. So they said uh, through, through a mutual friend, uh, let's interview John. Uh, so I went in and went through the interview. And the longer I sat in that chair, the more excited I got. Uh, it just sounded like such a fantastic opportunity. So I did... Um, I was offered that position through the alternate route program, the alternate route to certification, because I was not a certified teacher at the time um, and uh, started teaching right away uh, with marching band. Uh, my first position was third grade strings, beginning strings, third grade recorder, fourth and fifth grade beginner band at one school, middle school band at one school, all the high school bands. So marching concert, jazz band, uh, the musical, the summer program. And so uh, it was a really great learning opportunity for me. Um, so I was there for a total of eight years in New Providence. Um, as the program grew, we it eventually became just middle school and high school. And then uh, I took over as department chair and was doing high school bands and department chair. Um, at, by that point, we had three young children. And uh, it, again, it was sort of a reassessing, scratching our heads a little bit going, you know, is this is this the right setup or not? Mm -hmm. um, and I was really missing seeing my my kids at a young age. Uh, and oddly enough, I got a phone call from the Madison Public Schools saying um, they needed to borrow some music stand lights for their high school show. P.S. Did I know anyone who was looking for a middle school band job? So I said, oh, could you tell me a little bit about it? They did. Obviously, I interviewed and uh, and that worked out. And so I went over, um, left New Providence. Very tough, tough uh, district to leave because it's so, so wonderful. Great people. And uh, went over to the Madison Public Schools, ended up staying there for 11 years. Again, as a teacher for um, most of that time. And then I, I shifted into uh, administration. My last year there, I was half... Um, K to 12 music and art supervisor and half middle school vice principal. Um, and then from there, I jumped into a principalship in Hanover Township. And finally, I uh, was an elementary principal in Livingston for uh, eight years. And um, I, quote unquote, retired from uh, admin and I really wanted to go back to playing and teaching again um, while I was still well, I still could. While I was still young enough and still able to, to perform. And so that's what I've been doing for the past six years. I'm at a private school. Uh, so I'm obviously retired from public school and I'm teaching at Montclair Kimberly Academy. Uh, that was all part-time. I was again, playing, teaching at Elefante music, touring a little bit with the Paragon Ragtime Orchestra. And, um, about a year ago, they asked me to come on full-time as the high school band director. And so I am there, uh, full-time again, sort of full circle back. Um, I was hoping with the full circle, maybe my hair would grow back, but um, <laughs> that hasn't happened. Um, yeah. Jo join the club, John. <laughs> you look good, Eric. You look very good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's, that's the long story, but I have had kind of this parallel career as an educator and a performer. Um, so I, I continued to play all through even the years as a principal Um my last year as a principal, I got a, a really cool call to play for uh, a benefit that Sting was putting together and um, played behind some, you know, incredible musicians and with some incredible musicians. And again, it, that helped me to make the decision like, wait, while I can still play, I still physically able, let me sneak out of this administrative world and, and go back mm -hmm. to music. 
We've had quite the varied career of, you know, of <laughs> yeah. in, in the classroom, out of the classroom, out of schools, in schools. I mean, that's such a valuable experience, um, list of, list of experiences, um, for you to draw from. It sounds, it sounds incredibly rich. Um, and just so our listeners know, um, believe it or not, we actually, I didn't meet John in Livingston. I actually met John back at Madison, um, for the first time. And then our paths crossed again in Livingston, which is kind of cool. Um, and, uh, so a little fun connection there for our listeners that may not, uh, may not know that. And hopefully we'll connect again as performers together. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. We've got so much to talk about um, with our topic this evening on interviewing and getting the job and um, and all this and, uh, and and we've got so much to do. I think the best way to kind of go through it is to do it chronologically. We'll start with getting the interview, mm-hmm. um, you know, and John's thoughts on that and our you know our experiences with that, um, and then kind of go into the interview meetings uh, where <laughs> where you talk with administrators. And then um, for a lot of job interviews. Um, I, a lot of people obviously listening probably know this, but we, you know, you may be asked to do a demo lesson and even a teacher performance. I know when I was at Madison, I got to do that for you, John. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and then we can kind of go after that after the interview process, what to do. Then what happens when you're offered the job? And then we'll kind of we'll we'll uh, we'll take it where it goes after that. How does that sound tonight? I Great. Think- Let me go get a, cu- a cup of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's that that first uh, step that first launch that's really mystifying for a lot of people. I think that's I think you're right. I think that's a good a good place to start. Um, like what what should my resume look like? And is that the is that the most important thing? Or is it the the people you meet before you hand that out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, I, I that's a really good point, Jen. Um, networking is really probably number one before anything. Uh, and who you meet in college and how you treat people and the friends you have and the professors that uh, support you and so on. Um, I really think that that's, that's key in our, in our world of music. Um, as, as a principal, I would see many uh, resumes, of course, especially for classroom teachers, sometimes in the thousands. And uh, through AppleTrack, we would just sort of swipe through. So I would take, um, maybe look at 80 in a sitting. And if I didn't see a gold star that, that excited me and interested me, I would swipe. Hmm. Um, so be, I want to, I want to just pause here for a second yeah. because the people that listen, listen may not exactly know what AppleTrack is, or they may have a different kind of online uh, system for them. But I'm curious from your end, what do you see when somebody applies to a job? Like what's the first thing that you see? Do you look through the entire cover letter and resume for those 80 individuals or, or like, what do you see? And then what like stands out to you immediately? Yeah. Just because of time, um, I didn't even look at the cover letter. If, if that, if I looked at that, it would be second, secondary. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would look at the top third of the resume and, um, you know, from that top third, I needed to see something that piqued my interest. Like, oh, okay, well, we're looking for a general music classroom teacher. Oh, here's someone who taught classroom music, same grades in a neighboring district. Okay, click. I'm going to print that one out. And then that's going to go into a pile of, of you know, printed resumes. So that's how I did my screening. Um, top third or top half. I wouldn't even scroll down. And then if there was nothing there, nah, okay, I'm going to scroll over. I got, I have another 79 to look at. Obviously in the music world, there are less, less resumes to look at. Um, nevertheless, I would probably look at the top half anyway of the resume before scrolling down further. Um, if we only had a dozen, uh, resumes and, you know, we'd certainly print, print all of them out. And in terms of that gold star, I've talked to a lot of college students or graduating college students and coach them on their resumes. Um, And I would always say I would I would ask them, okay, well, what leadership positions did you have? Okay, great. Uh, Did you win any awards? Yeah, well, I was a you know, I won a certain award in scouts or uh, a certain award in my fraternity. Or I said, okay, well, those are gold stars. Those need to be up near the top. Um, And I noticed, oh, there's no GPA on here. Boy, if you've got a GPA in the, you know, over three, two, uh, three, two or higher, 
let's put that down because that shows a lot of hard work, a lot of accomplishments, and a lot of uh, professors think think highly of you. Um, and we were lucky enough in in Livingston and in, in Hanover Township that we could, you know, we got, we got a lot of nice resumes and some really wonderful, hardworking, um, creative musicians. Um, so I I think that sometimes with the resumes, people have or most often they have the gold stars. They have the gold stars, but they may not have put them uh, high enough on their resume yet. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's something really to to think about. And um, and of course, you can go online and look at sample resumes. But um, if you have a teacher in your university setting or um, a friend who maybe has been out for a couple of years, definitely run your resume by them and say, you know, what do you think? Do you see enough things in the top third uh, or not? Uh, for example, I, I coach some college students, you know, let's not put our high school uh, material right at the top. Let's flip that, put our most recent, you know, wonderful things that we've done. And so we see the best right at the top. And then we might read down a little bit. Hey, I'm glad you mentioned that because, Jen, I don't know what your experience was, um, but I remember, you know, getting some coaching in college, um, you know, 20 to 23 years ago. And it was often said, like, put your education first. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, like, you know, instead of the experiences. Now, uh, Jen, did you have that as well? Or did they tell you something different? So uh, I did. They said, they said, put your education first. Um, Don't mention anything at high school, unless you, you were your, your valedictorian or something. Um, there's not much to mention except for where you went to high school and when, and then move right on to, to college and your accomplishments, uh, there. And, you know, again, like you said, John, put, if your GPA was, was something to be proud of, put that right there. Um, and any awards you received in, in college for academics, I, I saved like my, um, like musician awards. Like I, we'd want to, um, the wind ensemble had won like a downbeat award, you know, when we were there for a recording we did. Um, and I saved those things for the second half of my resume, like the, the musical stuff. Cause I had just assumed that the first person that was going to look at my resume in a lot of districts wasn't a musician. <laughs> so that might not mean a whole lot, but they might know that, uh, I was, you know, working on my master's and I ended up, um, as a member of Pi Lambda Theta, you know, like that might like ring a bell for, for somebody that I, the professor, you know, put me, my name out there to be a part of that. So, um, you know, I, I put academic awards at the top of my, my resume, but saved the musicianship ones for, for, you know, the, later on. Um, sure. yeah. Um, it sounds to me like, I don't know. I, it sounds to me like John, you're kind of saying that, in like it may be beneficial to, more beneficial to put some of those experiences first and maybe leave some of the academic college and, and high school stuff like later in the resume uh, am i hearing am i hearing you correctly in that yes and no i i agree with with both of you and and whoever spoke with you and probably the same advice i got the first thing the principal has to see is um you're going to be you're going to graduate in you know, May of, of 2023 or whenever it is and B what's your status on certification. Right. So that's number one, then, okay. okay, Graduating certified or on your way. Um, boom, then we can go down to the next, the next Mm -hmm. element, but that's, that's first because I've, I've actually, you know, made the mistake of, of almost hiring someone who wasn't a U.S. citizen, um, you know, so there, you know, I've, I've almost hired someone who wasn't certified. I mean, so obviously there, <laughs> we have to go through certain steps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, sure. but, but, but I, but I do, uh, I do agree with, with your question, Eric, about there's gotta be something that interests the, the principal or, um, supervisor to say, oh, I'd like to ask this person more about that. Um, oh, they played, um, you know, uh, they, they did a tour to Europe. Oh, I'd like to ask him about that. Mm-hmm. Or um, they performed behind Josh Groban for something or other at Carnegie Hall. Oh, I'd like to learn more about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I can remember there was uh, a person who w- was an outstanding athlete at Penn State. Um, they were a classroom teacher. But I thought, oh, wow, I'd like to hear about, you know, that to be a D1 athlete. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is somebody who knows how to schedule their time and work hard. 
Yeah, that's interesting. And I'm wondering, um, you know, uh, as somebody who's who's looking at a second or third job um, in in teaching, um, like I taught, say you taught classroom music for two years, and then you taught band, but you really want to get back to teaching classroom music, which experience goes first? The most recent or the one that's related to the position you're applying for? Um, Because I was always told, okay, your most recent thing goes up top. And then, you know, um, after that, you know, but like, but, you know, I, I would also want to highlight that I have experience in the thing that I'm applying for. You know what I mean? So I like, is it, is it just standard? Okay. You put your most recent thing, um, you know, first when it comes to public school teaching experience, because I think most of our listeners are, you know, public school teachers or, you know, is it, is it, should I just put the thing that I'm, um, I know they're looking for (laughs) right at the top? Yeah. Well, I think you have to decide kind of, okay, chronologically, am I going to go most recent to, you know, Mm -hmm. um, least recent, um, or, um, the other philosophy is basically, you know, this is jumping, jumping ahead a little bit, but mm. when you're in an interview or when you're, whether you're posting, a, a uh, or providing a resume, you want to convince the administrator that you can do the job. So if you've already been a general music teacher and that's what this position is, Hmm. Okay. I'm getting convinced already in line five that this is somebody who could be, you know, really successful for us. Um, I also see a lot of resumes where someone will say, okay, I was a grade, uh, you know, K to five general music teacher and then eight bullet points. And then I was a fourth and fifth grade band director, 10 bullet points. No one reads eight or 10 bullet points anymore. We just don't, we don't read. So I, I always uh, counsel people to keep it to three or four. That's it. And the three or four biggies, not, you know, I taught a full schedule, uh, five days a week. Okay. We, well, we all do that. Um, you know, but, but to put more of those three or four really amazing things. All right. So ideal length, John, ideal length of the resume. I always counsel people one maximum two. And if, and if it's, um, if you go into page two, I always, um, recommend to list references. Now, again, depending on the Apple track program or whatever the software program that the district is using or the state is using, uh, they may, um, you know, they may have references in a different section, but I learn a lot um, from a resume in terms of who are the references that are listed. I think it's important that, oh, this person's listing a superintendent of schools. Wow. This person must have done a really good job or they're, they're listing an administrator such as a principal or assistant principal. Good stuff. If they're listing um, four colleagues, you know, that they, they share their office with not impressive for me because all of our all of our our teacher friends love us and we love them and you know we're we're colleagues and we support each other but having an administrative view is um carries a little bit more weight to an administrator also it's easier for i mean just from logistics it's easier for an administrator to call an administrator or email them they're going to be more available than a teacher who's teaching six periods a day or whatever it is and running to do an extra sectional or a private lesson for this student, or uh, let me start uh, this clarinetist on bassoon. Um, so I, I think it's, it's a lot easier to reach uh, admin. And a lot of times I would, I would call them around four, uh, five or five thirty, and mm-hmm. they were typically still in their offices. Mm. So I'm thinking about this from the perspective also of somebody who's listening, who maybe has not worked in a school yet. Um, what kind of references should they include, um, especially if they haven't had this kind of teaching experience yet? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that we or most of us have had some kind of experiences, whether we've been um, an assistant teacher in a summer school program. We've helped out a marching band during college. Um, of course, we've got our uh, coordinating teacher uh, who's helped us through student teaching. Um, maybe that teacher has has volunteered to be a reference. Um, I even when I had some student teachers in Livingston, um, I would, you know, list list as a reference. Sometimes I even did an observation 
and um, wouldn't write it up per se, but just so I could say, yeah, I can serve as a reference. Um, but I think even if it's an, an administrator of a restaurant where you worked, you know, shift supervisor or uh, you worked at a temp agency and this is the supervisor of the temp agency. So someone, you know, who was in that administrative uh, realm, um, you know, could serve whether they're in music or not. Yeah, I was going to say mm. if you're out there and it's it's April, you still have a few weeks left of your student teaching placement. If that district supervisor, if your building principal hasn't, you know, observed you and sat down with you, just uh, make make the time now because that person is very valuable to you as you're you're you know going through the interview process. I made sure at the end of my student teaching placement to have both the principal and the art supervisor observe me. Um, one wrote, actually wrote me a lovely letter of recommendation that I was able to include in my um, application. And then wouldn't you know it, um, the woman I was student teaching with ended up moving on at the end of the year. So they already knew me. They already knew, you know, mm. um, you know who I was. So I, I think that I think that's yeah an important thing to note if you're in the stu student teaching placement right now. Um, do that <laughs> and get that on, get that on in writing on your way out the door. I remember when I was, um, and this would be really difficult if it's your first outing in the job market and you're sending out 45 resumes and all this, but, um, you know, if you get called for an interview, um, or even if you didn't and you just know you really want to teach in a particular district, uh, my suggestion, uh, in addition to sending a good resume is to research the district and its program and possibly get out to actually like if, if for a music teacher, go to a concert or something like that. I remember when I applied um, at Madison, I found out that John was doing a concert, his spring concert. And before we even had the interview, I made sure to get to that concert. And introduce myself right there and then as, you know, somebody who had been, you know, interested in the job. Uh, yeah. I remember there was an, another job that I had applied to later on in uh, a nearby district. And I found out that the new principal there was doing a meet and greet. So I went and uh, crashed the meet and greet and introduced myself <laughs> there to, you know, wow. introduce myself there to the principal. You know, it, mm -hmm. it's making you making that that contact is really is really important and i did get both of those interviews so i did the same <laughs> i did the same thing applying for livingston uh, my friend's daughter was uh you know at her spring concert and i was like how about i tag along oh hey how you doing i'm jen wise oh yeah i did just put in for that middle school band job you know it's mm. like uh, it's it's important and um you know i uh i yes just put your putting yourself out there is a is a big uh it's a big thing thing if you don't already have the connections where you think you want to be you know um yeah and i you know a lot of times um jumping again to the interview there are more than one people in the interview room and uh i, I used to interview with a principal when i was a supervisor and his first question always was what do you know about our school or what do you know about our school district? Yeah. And if they could say, like like Eric, well, I attended your spring concert, you know, a week ago, you know, their their jaws would drop. Sure. Uh, or, 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 you know, at least I've looked at your website. Um, you know, I've I know a parent in your district as as you did, Jen. Mm -hmm. um, those uh, those go a long way. So that's yeah. part of the being prepared. And again, you want to convince the principal or supervisor you're ready for this job. And one of the ways that you convince them is I've already I've driven around the town. I've driven around and seen the schools. I've talked to a bunch, you know, so you've already done preparation. So, oh, this person looks like they're really ready to to walk in and be a success. Yeah. Mm. I remember my second lap um, interviewing with uh, Livingston. It's I I. Uh, was talking to the school secretary that was, you know, inviting me in for the the interview, and and she's like, you know, where the where the school right on Livingston Ave, and I'm like, oh, it's a block from my grandma's house. Oh, where's your grandma? Oh, she's right on <laughs> off of Northfield. She's on Chestnut, you know, and um and we got to talking, and 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 uh, you know, all of a sudden you've you you've got a you've got a face, you kind of pop out a little bit because you that you feel like you're part of of that school already, you know? And if um, that secretary says, Hey, I really like that, that Jen wise lady, hmm. you should call her back again. That, that <laughs> I imagine that would hold quite a bit of sway oh, yeah. uh, to an administrator. A hundred percent. In fact, I used yeah. to ask, you know, if we had six teachers in a row, mm -hmm. I would ask the secretary. So what did you think? You know, how, how were they? 
because obviously they're going to be more natural and more real in the office sitting there than they are, you know, in a, you know, scarier, uh, you know, situation in an interview. Yeah. So yeah. that, that carried a lot of weight. Plus I, I thought the world of uh, the secretaries that I worked with. Oh, sure. So I sure. very much valued their opinion. Mm-hmm. That's great. Have either of you had any experience with, uh, with job fairs? Did you ever go to any or did you, John, were you ever having to sit at one and meet people? No, it, it's interesting. Um, we've, we talked about it over the years in Livingston and I was either not able to go or um, we didn't have openings or we had openings, but we had thousands of applications. Sure. Yeah. You know, again, in the classroom teacher world, you have so many more uh, right. interested people. Candidates. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Have you, Jen, had experiences with um, job fairs? I went to a job fair one time and I ended up getting two calls from two different districts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, oh, I have a free afternoon. It's they're holding it in the dorm right next door to mine. Let's see what's going on. You know, so I went over there and I had three or four copies of my resume. And most of the tables I walked up to weren't looking for a music teacher. Um, but I I ended up having a conversation with with a school that had like a little not a sandwich board, but a little sign on their table that said like, we're looking for music and science and, you know, language arts. So I was like, okay, let's see what's up. And it turned out the person they sent um, for that job fair was a principal and a former band director. And we had a lot of similar connections and we got to talking. And then uh, I found myself just like on a soapbox about the value of middle school classroom music, you know, and, and, um, but of course, before I found out that he was a, you know, former music teacher. Um, and, uh, and I said, you know, pardon me, I'm about, I'm going to step off my, my soapbox. And he's like, no, 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 I'm sure we'll hear more. I'll, we'll, we'll call you next week about the music thing. And it, but it, it ended up being valuable. I didn't get the job, but, um, I felt like going to a job fair and just kind of, um, you know, like saying a little, like starting to talk a little bit about myself in a setting where just uh, that's all you do is you walk around and talk to administrators for for an hour. Um, I I think that helped me when I stepped into my first interviews. Um, So like if a job fair is something that's open to you and you, you know, you might not, you're not going to find a music position at every table. You're just not. Um, But, uh, but when you do, it, it does feel pretty good to, to sit down and talk with a school principal and present yourself and dress up for that job fair and have your resume in your hand. And, you know, like put it, that was that was kind of empowering for me. I felt like going into, you know, my my first interviews, I was like, OK, I kind of sort of know what they might be asking me because they, you know, some some administrators ask questions and some are just like, okay, go, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'd recommend like just just trying it if it's something available to you because I, I, I found it valuable. And that would um, make you less stressed too. If, you know, like the more you know in advance of the mm-hmm. district, you've, geez, I've met a couple of the people. Right. Um, then you walk into the job interview and it's like, oh, good. I already know that person. Yeah. I already have a rapport with them. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's a great idea. If if possible, I would go to as many job fairs as I, I could get to. We've kind of already started going into the interview process, uh, the interview, me- you know, meetings and all that. First question, what is the appropriate way to dress? What's oh, too dressy versus what's not dressy enough? I remember being on an interview panel as a teacher um, interviewing people and we walked in and I remember my principal said to me, um, you guys aren't wearing jackets. Cause I was just wearing my, my collared shirt and I was like, well, no, this is what I normally wear to school. And he went to his office and he got like two sport jackets for the two male, male teachers <laughs> oh, wow. that were in the interview. So we would have jackets on for the interviews. <laughs> oh, my so goodness. how do you know what is the appropriate? I mean, obviously we want to be professional, but how dressy is too dressy? You know, what are your thoughts on that, John? Well, uh, I used to interview with, a colleague in the Livingston schools. Um, and she would say to me, we're not hiring person X because they weren't dressed up. And if they don't feel like this, this job is that important, I don't want them. So I want people who really dress up and look professional and look like they're, you know, they're ready to represent themselves. So in this case, um, this is one important person that I worked with who really felt like people needed to be dressed professionally. So for men, a suit, 
for women, you know, um, better a step up from what we wear day to day when we have to be on the floor with kids and getting valve oil on our pants and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Which so happened hard. to me today, by the way. Yeah. yeah, my principal walked in today and he said, hey, how'd your day go? And I said, well, it was good, except I forgot, you know, sometimes you, you're working on a trumpet and you get valve oil on your crotch. And so he looked down, he goes, that's an image that's going to be tough to get rid of. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> That's good. Oh, oh my god. Anyway, getting getting back to the, the dress code for um, interviews, I think it's, you know, we dress professionally and we dress sort of like we're going to a concert or. You know, mm. Mm. I have, yeah. I, when I was like, uh, right after college before that, you know, magical September of my first year of teaching, I, I was on so many interviews, all of my favorite interview dresses and suits and outfits were the cleaners all at once. I don't know what mm. I was thinking. And then I got the call right for the, for, for another job. And I look in my closet and all I had was this, like this tight fitting green dress that was just like not appropriate at all for <laughs> for an interview and um, my car was in the shop I had to borrow my mom's car like I was totally thrown off um, but I, I ended up you know I ended up walking in that interview like Ugh, what else could happen today you know what else mm. could be like off about my yeah. my my game today and that was the job I got and taught for nine years. And it was, oh, there so, you go. Isn't that so it funny? worked in your favor? It worked, it worked <laughs> in my favor, but I would not recommend it because that was very stressful. <laughs> but, and I, I think you, you hold yourself a little differently when you, when you dress up and when you like, yeah, when you, you do your hair and makeup and, um, you know, Right, gentlemen. Um, but yeah. I think I do my I think, hair. Yeah, I think next, next question. Yeah, right. I know. I um, think. <laughs> but I, I do feel there's a there's a real piece to like feeling good about how you look that day. So it, I know for the Livingston um, principal interview, uh, which was a huge committee, uh, I had an, a, a gray suit and a white shirt, but I did go out and buy a green, you know, sort of office green tie. Because mm-hmm. it was the school colors for yep. the Livingston Lancers, and uh, it worked out. Oh, I've done that too. I interviewed in Mawa, and I have um, I have frames that have that like Thunderbird blue eyepiece, and oh, I definitely wore those in my in my interview, and I was like. So all so. of our um, <laughs> all of our college seniors now need to go out and buy a tie every time they have an interview for the right color or, or glasses with the right with the right logo. Oh, my gosh. I'm <laughs> um, so along the same line. I was kind of curious because I never quite know how to I never know, quite know how to be in an interview. How? Because I know it, it always depends on who you're interviewing mm-hmm. with, but how relaxed or formal should you be in an interview and should you be like that chameleon and take your cue from who take a cue uh, from whoever is interviewing <laughs> you or like, how do you strike that balance between like relaxed, but not too relaxed and formal, but not like stiff? Uh, what do you, what do you look for? What, what do you, what are your suggestions? Cause I've, I've never been great at that part. Oh, I remember you, you were great in your interview, Eric. Um, oh, no, I, I think that's kind, that, John. Yeah. Uh, and I do remember that you came to that concert, by the way. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's just, you know, real life. You just read the room and, um, you know, I've been on some interviews that were very, very serious and some that were a little bit lighter. I always, uh, as an interviewer, uh, tried to relax, uh, whoever was coming in. So the first thing I would say was like, you know, okay, you know, take a deep breath, you know, interview. I mean, I would introduce the folks around the room and we would just say, you know, this is the first thing I would always say. We've read your resume. Um, it's very impressive. That's obviously why you're here. Um, but can you fill in a little bit in between the the words and just tell us a little bit about yourself? So right from the beginning, they we just get a sense of like, okay, what's important to them? And we could know uh, if they go on for 14 paragraphs, we know this is a problem. Um, and, uh, and that, that only happened like 5% of the time where people talked a little too long, but, um, but I, I tried to have people relax, um, have a nice relaxing chair, have water for them, um, tissues, the whole, you know, just like make everybody as comfortable as possible. And even when they were sitting in the office, um, we would offer them, um, tissues. We would tell them where the 
uh, women's room or men's room was just so they could sort of get comfortable. And if they got there early, we'd say, oh, you, you know, feel free to walk around the building, get a sense of the building. Yeah. Uh, and again, that yeah. just relaxed people. You know, that question, tell me a little bit about yourself. I know it's coming and still in mm. the moment it mystifies me Yeah, <laughs> because it's, 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 it's so hard because, you know, I know if I'm, I'm walking in and talking to a, a music supervisor and a band director, uh, like I, I kind of know what I want to say. And if I'm talking to like a, just the building principal, um, I, I know what I want to say, but, uh, still, if it's like a, it's, if it's a big panel, I am, I am mystified about what, um, what I should say. Um, you know, uh, but- what are you listening for, John, when you ask that question? Well, again, A, are they prepared? Do they feel like they have the experience? And I've walked into interviews where I went like, I don't really think I, I have the, the toolkit for this gig. Um, so I know what that feels like. But I think we have to convince ourselves that no matter what our background is, um, we feel like we're ready for this. And here's why. So I would uh, obviously give the overview of what my training was, what my experience was, and why I thought, um, you know, why I was excited about the job. Um, certainly, you want to stay positive uh, in those first few moments because it's just like when we judge region band or all state band. We know in the first 30 seconds if this person's a player or, you know, or, I mean, obviously, we haven't gone to the site reading yet, but you can tell quite a bit in the first few seconds. And it's the same thing with an interview. Um, it's the eye contact, the nice firm handshake, uh, professional appearance. Uh, they sit up nice and tall and, um, and they, they look at you. I can remember in an interview one time, I was looking to the side of the, of the principal and she kept going like this to get my head back. So I was making eye contact with her. Really interesting. Wow. And it really helped me out. It was mm-hmm. a great lesson for me. Wow. Thank you, Doctor Sen. Thank you, Doctor Senek. That. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that it's a golden opportunity. And you know what? What every administrator is looking for is is this somebody who loves kids, is going to connect with kids, and is going to be a kid magnet. Because we teach electives, uh, at least in the ensemble world of, of choral instrumental, um, and students have to elect to be with you. So I think in that first thing, if you can talk about your passion about music, your passion about working with, with students, um, then, then you're off to the races. What do you guys think? I've been on, on interviews in a very, uh, very limited manner um, throughout my career. I haven't been in on many on the interviewer side. Um, but yeah, I, I always feel like that's, that's, it's all about, I want to know their personality. Um, you know, we can talk about pedagogy later and we can talk about, you know, their accolades later, but I, I want to kind of get a feel for what they're like. Yeah. Um, but I remember, you know, I remember Jen came in and, and smiled and was engaging and, and, you know, that's why we wanted to hear more from Jen, um, when she came in. I mean, that's what I listened for. I don't, you know, I don't, really yeah. listen for the answers as much as I'm listening for how they are yeah. interacting. When we Definitely. interviewed for my maternity leave replacement, uh, sadly, you know, it was on zoom. It was, you know, uh, fall of or spring of 2020, <laughs> you know, um, and we were all at home, but, uh, even on zoom, it was amazing. The, the, how, um, you know, uh, not every interviewer like looked at all the kids and say, Hey, tell me your name. I know you've got something on the corner of the screen, but tell me your name. What year are you in, you know, in, in high school? Like, do you love your instrument? Like I, you know, it was like half of them asked the kids something about themselves and, you know, really looked into the camera and said, you know, like, let's, let's go. And the other half just were like, okay, open your books to page four and we're going to go over this, you know? And it was like, it was amazing the difference. And, and again, wonderful, wonderful people, but uh, you know, the way it translated in, in an interview was, was really interesting to watch. So. And that's a whole other bucket of worms uh, is trying to do that over zoom. Oh yeah. That was cool. If you're a new teacher right out of college and you're not super comfortable with, with the interview process anyway, and now you have to do it over zoom. Oh man. Yeah. I felt for, for everybody there. Um, luckily we picked, um, 
someone someone wonderful and somebody I already knew in person. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was that was tough. When I go to an interview, I usually do bring some kind of portfolio, whether it's just uh, you know a thumb drive with a video of me conducting, or or an actual portfolio with lesson plans. Or uh, John, how important is that to you? And um, yeah, what's where? What's your perspective on on people bringing portfolios to interviews? Well, uh, like Eric said, I was most uh, interested in talking to the person and really having a two-way conversation and getting to know them as, you know, what's, what really excites you about what you do as an educator. I was not interested in leafing through a huge notebook. And, and I know um, there are some administrators that do want to look at the notebook. So it's something we have to bring, we have to provide, we have to organize, but just know, don't be offended if some uh, administrators don't look at it. Uh, they might just be interested more in, in the person. Okay. And past that, then I would you know, be very interested in the demo lesson and uh, how the person plays as a musician, talking to their references. That, for me, that was gold. The, uh, the portfolio was bronze or below, just okay. for me. Sure, yeah. sure. I get that. I know. I always, I always brought one to, to my interviews and it was just a, a binder, a three ring binder. And it was kind of in like sections. And occasionally I try to like reference it mm-hmm. in the interview be like, Oh, you know, I, you, you know, one of the questions I, I, you know, you always get asked are what does a concert look like? What, well, you know, what is your, you know, what, what, did, what was your last concert or how do you program a concert? I'd be like, well, I happen to have my concert program here in my portfolio here. Would you like to take a look at it? And sometimes they, you know, took a, two second glance at it and mm-hmm. send it back. <laughs> yeah. But, I just yeah. feel yeah. like it, it, it disturbs the rhythm a little bit of the, the flow of the interview looking down, looking up, you know, and then, you know, if you're really reading, you can't listen and pay attention to what the, the response to the next question is. So yeah. for me, I just, I like to stay, you know, with the eye contact and the, the person to person conversation. And I'd like to hear them explain about uh, a, their philosophy about concert programming. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, yeah. I remember sitting uh, at the end of an interview that I, I really had my heart set on this position. I was very, very really wanting this one. Um, and uh, the interview ended up sitting there looking at my, my portfolio that I spent like all night updating, you know, and, and everything. <laughs> and I just, I said to like the, the high school band director that was on my, on my right, I was like, I don't think you want to see my sixth grade band, like word wall, do you? And he was like, <laughs> we're good. We'll, we'll give you a call. I was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> you know? And I like, cause I, you know, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'll, 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 I'll file that one away, you know? And I, and I, I, I feel like with the portfolio thing, you kind of got to read the room if it's the right time to bring it out and you have it ready to go. Great. Um, but I don't, I don't know if it's like, like John said, I think people are a lot, a lot more interested in hearing from you. Um, I did yeah. my first job that I got. Um, I, I did end up leaving them with a it, it was 2008. I left them with a CD and on mm. the CD was just my like final conducting experience, like at, in student teaching, I was conducting a sixth grade band and like, this is me on the podium. This is what I look like in a concert. You get the whole picture. And I think I had a short video of a, 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 of a lesson. Um, and I do think that was helpful for them because I was interviewing in like the third week of August and <laughs> they mm. weren't going to have time for a demo lesson and they weren't going to have time for a second and third interview. And it was like, okay, you know, we need to decide this week who's going to teach our, our beginning band. And yeah. um, from both the principal and the the band director that was in the interview at the time, um, they said, wow, that, that video, like I got to see you in front of a group that was cool. And that, that was, that was valuable to me in August because you're, we weren't going to bring kids in in August for a demo lesson and some yeah. districts might, but that one wouldn't. <laughs> um, and the, the band director that was there, he said, uh, you were standing in front of a sixth grade band. How did you get that sixth grade band to sound like that? You know, and that, that was kind of, that was kind of a cool comment that he made on, on my, you know, portfolio. So, um, 
But again, that was 2008 and I handed them a CD. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I don't know how you how you do that now, but um, I guess send a link in an email or, or something. But um, but I think they found that short, you know, portfolio, something something valuable. So, yeah. And again, there may be administrators that, that do like to see that. So we do have to walk in with that preparation it does show that you're hardworking, prepared, organized. Um, the fact that Eric said, okay, I've got these in different sections. And um, it, it, that does show that you are, uh, you know, you, you've spent time and you're organized and mm. thorough. And so the I would have liked to have seen the word wall, by the way. Yeah. I but. mean, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. We, we, and the kids made it. That was why I was really proud of it. It's because yes. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make it. The kids made it. It's like, what words are important? while we're rehearsing these pieces and they, they like, you know, post-its and pins and, you know, so the take a cue official stance on portfolios, there's a time and a place, but it's yeah, not bring always, it. But <laughs> yeah, bring it, but, it. but there's a time and a place. <laughs> yeah, Don't so. be offended. <laughs> yep. So I'm, I'd like to, to dive into a topic a little bit here. Um, that, that's a little bit personal to me. And I know that there are other people out there and that is the potentially negative um, topic in your interview. Um, like for instance, uh, little experience, uh, being let go from a former employer, having a gap in, um, in your teaching, uh, experience. And so I, I thought we could talk a little bit about that. Um, I'll just throw it out there on the first, uh, episode that, that I, or second episode of take a cue, I had mentioned that I didn't get rehired and then left teaching for four years. So when I got back into the workforce, um, that was definitely a topic of discussion at several interviews. And I don't know if I handled it great. I mean, I ended up getting the job, so I guess that wasn't, I guess I handled it. Okay. Um, but, um, but I want to know your thoughts about that. So, um, John, when you see that there's a gap in experience or something's a little negative, like what are your, what are your suggestions for people? How do they, how should they handle that? Well, I think all of us have, like I said, right at the on, uh, onset of this, um, podcast, you know, all of us have a winding trail as musicians and artists and educators, you know, this is not a clear path where we go to med school and do a residency and end up in hospital A, B or C. Um, so I think all of us are on a journey and I don't think gaps are negative. I think uh, it's how we explain them. Well, this was an opportunity for me. Yes. Um, you know, I left this position, uh, but this was an opportunity for me to explore some other things. Do you know, did I want to work in industry? Did I want to work in fundraising? Did I want to work uh, in the music store, music teaching world? Um, did I want to perform or write music or work uh, in retail? And I think we all have, you know, we don't really know what we want to do when we're 18 or 22 or 32 or 62. Um, we're all kind of going down that path. So I think it's how we explain it and how we explain it to ourselves too. I mean, there's really some positive things about taking a gap year or, or having, having, you know, tried something else. One of the great mentors um, I was able to uh, study with is Harry Owens, who was a phenomenal band director in the Verona public schools. And he left the school district at some point to work in um, Boston, I think, at the college level, and then came back to the high school level and was back at Roxbury. I also think, and I'm not positive about this, he may have been in the fundraising world for a while because he could sell anything. I mean, he sold band to all of us, but um, or in my case, he was a drum drum lesson teacher, but um, he, he could sell anything because he was just he, he is such an incredible human being with just an amazing uh, personality. So there's somebody who took some turns, right turn, left turn, but I'm sure he could explain it and say, well, I learned that this is what I didn't want to do. Or I learned that, Oh, that's what this is really like. Well, when I compared the two, I think I, I prefer to be back in the classroom. When I was interviewing for um, principals, principalships, I think I had five or six interviews and I really got, the, the perspective after a while that I'm going to go in and give a hundred percent, try my best, 
Um, I practiced my interview skills. I, you know, obviously did research on interview questions. Um, but uh, I knew that in some districts, well, they, they weren't looking for a principal that had an arts background. They really wanted a math person or they really wanted an ELA person to balance out their administrative team. Or maybe they wanted young or they wanted older or they wanted a certain gender or they didn't want a certain gender. Um, you know, everybody's looking for a balanced team. And it, it took me a while to realize that. So if you don't get a position realize that, well, maybe they're, you know, in the back of their mind, they were looking for X, Y, or Z. Um, or maybe they, it's, it's re they're really going through the motions with the interview and they already have somebody in place. They had an, yeah. uh, an outstanding student teacher and they're just, you know, that's who they're going to offer it to. So don't, right. don't fret if you don't get the gig. Um, it's just part of the game, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, I was asked a question in Livingston. You know, you, you talk about tough questions or how do you explain away a certain thing? Um, a, I was in a big group interview, my first interview at Livingston. There were, I think, 11 people there. And uh, one person said, John, if you um, got this position in Livingston, and by just some happenstance could bring your entire staff over from your current school. Would they all come? And I wow. thought, wow. I thought, well, if I was really good, yes, they would. But I was honest. I said, no, to be honest with you, no, they would not all come. Most would, but there are some that, you know, I was you know, lighting a fire under or, or trying to uh, have them teach in a different way or whatever. And, um, and they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have come along because I, their world got a little less comfortable when I was there. Hmm. And uh, it, that was a, that's a moment I'll never forget. That was a tough wow. question. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So John, we we're answering all these questions We're we're you're, we're getting rapid fire questions at us in these interviews. Uh, what stands out in the answers? Like what, what sticks with you at the end of the interview? So the, the experience I will never forget is we were interviewing six people in a row, half hour interviews, boom, 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 boom. It was late in the afternoon. We had all taught our full days or we we're, you know, working with bus issues or student issues or, or whatever we were dealing with. And so we were tired. So at the end of the six interviews, maybe it's five thirty, six o'clock, we um, rank our, our candidates. Okay, yeah, the fourth one, uh, that was my number one. The third one was my number two. Okay, then we share the numbers, add them up and say, okay, well, the, the first candidate that we uh, listened to uh, happens to be our number one, and the sixth is our number two. And then we, we would say, oh, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, number four. Wait, who was that? Uh, that was Catherine. Uh, what, who was Catherine? I don't even remember. Uh, we would just, you know, after six interviews, we were a little confused. And what clarified for us was when the, um, the interviewees uh, used stories, told stories. So they would, we would ask a question and they would illustrate through a story, um, you know, how they had experienced that, um, that issue in, in prior years. So stories, as we all know from brain science, that's what the brain remembers. That's what we cling on to. So I would, uh, I can remember my wife was going into an interview and an administrator friend told her to, to go in with about five stories in her pocket, ready to go. Um, so I think that's, a, that's good advice for people going into interviews. There are always certain questions that we ask everyone. One is, have you ever worked with children with unique behaviors or unique learning strategies? And if so, um, how did you make it work for this, for, you know, on behalf of the student? Um, we always ask, how do you organize? How do you organize your classroom? How do you organize all your materials, your instruments, your music library, your bucket drums, et cetera, et cetera? Because uh, the big part of the music world, as we all know, uh, we always ask them about a time they failed and what that, what, what they learned from that. How did they move forward? Um, we always talk to them about, uh, have, or ask them, had they had any experience with ESL students? Uh, we ask them what their classroom looks like. So if we were to walk in your classroom tomorrow, what would that look like? And um, 
oh, finally, we would say, okay, uh, if if you are the top person for our students, and that's and that's who we're going to hire. We're going to hire who we think is best for our students. If you are that person, how are we going to convince our parent community that you were that person? So give us a little sales pitch that we can actually use because we will have parents who say, why did you hire Mrs. So-and-so or Mr. So-and-so? Or, um, and so that was kind of how we ended was um, for the candidate to kind of sell themselves to us. And then, of course, we would ask them if they had any questions. And I was always impressed when people had questions. Well, I see on your website that, Bob, uh, what about this? Now, obviously, you'd never ask about salary because that's in a subsequent interview with the superintendent or head of HR, depending on the district. Um, but questions about the pedagogy or the structure or the schedule, those are always fair game. And I, I appreciated them. Meant, so find meant, a question, like come with a yeah, question ready for that question, so. because you're going to get asked that question. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. What do you think? Don't don't you think that that's that's wise to come with a question or two? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. My my question was always if, if they if they weren't clear about the like the before and after school, um, you know, responsibilities, I'd ask I'd ask about those mm. things. Um, yeah. I'd ask about um, like cross curricular opportunities, like what kind of. Mm things is, is the person in this position already doing with the art teacher already doing with, um, you know, the, the, the rest of the building, like that, that was one of the questions that I would always have, have on deck and, um, uh, you know, like performances. I don't know if, if those things were already said, like how many performances do we do a year? Are there any opportunities for performances beyond the winter and spring concert? Like those, I, like I, I would, I, I had a, a, a hierarchy of end of the interview, you know, questions that, that it's like, you got to ask something, you got to ask something at the end just to, to, to let everybody know that you're, you're engaged and you're interested enough to ask it. Does sure. that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. I always brought a, a note card in my jacket pocket with questions that I wanted to ask at the end of the interview. Um, and I would always take them out. I remember one, one time I remember going to an interview. This was, I don't know, probably 15 plus years ago. I remember going to an interview and I took out the card and one, in one, uh, I think the supervisor said to the principal next to him, look at this guy. He's got his questions on a card already. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but one question I always ask, and I want to know the answer to this question is like, as an administrator, what do you look forward to coming and doing in this school district every day? What, what, why do you like working here? Hmm. And yeah. sometimes that catches the administrator off guard because like you said, John, they've just dealt with 10 angry parents and a bus that never came and all this stuff. And that can be telling, um, you know, as well. Yeah. I, I also like this question. Um, what are you looking for? What, what are the most important qualities of the person that you're looking for, for this position? What's going to make yep. this person a success here? What, what do you, what do you think is most valuable? Because I, yeah. I thought that that was very revealing. And if I didn't get the job, it would help me for the next one. Hmm. I also asked, what are the things that you like best about the person who is in this position now? Even if it was somebody who was not being rehired, mm. um, you know, I want to know yeah. what they liked. So that yeah. if I get hired, I'm going to keep doing those things. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Very good. good And I like the bottom line. Wouldn't it have been wonderful? I mean, this podcast is fantastic, but wouldn't it have been wonderful if we had gotten to listen to a podcast like this before our first interviews? Right. There's some some real gems here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, that's the idea. That's the idea. John, is there anything else that you want to add? Um, I, I know we've kind of got our little format here of how we're planning, um, you know, to, to chat about this. Uh, it, the demo lesson is next. And that's a big section where we can talk about um, lots of things. Is there anything else that you would like to add um, about the interview meeting process or, or the resume or, or anything up until this point? No, I just do think if it's a committee, even if it's two or three people, to thank each one before you leave. Um, again, a nice firm handshake, um, uh, eye contact. And I really enjoyed meeting you. Thank you for your time. 
um, so that you leave on a very positive note as you walk out the door you, and people can go like, oh, that, was, that person was very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think a strong ending, just like in a musical piece, um, a strong ending. We know from brain science, the brain learns or brain remembers the first part of the lesson right. and the last part of the lesson. Same thing. Primacy, recency effect in an interview. To our listeners, we're going to actually stop the conversation here and we're going to come back to it at the demo lesson and teacher performance part of our podcast here so that you don't have to hang on for a whole hour and 45 minutes uh, about our conversation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for for now, uh, if if there's anything you want to chime in on in social media and hear about in later episodes, um, please reach out to us. Again, we're Take a Cue podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We love hearing from you. Um, uh, and please, after any of our episodes that you particularly enjoy, please give us a rating and a review. Um, we that helps other people find us and helps us get get more exposure, so uh, more band directors can hear what we're up to. And if you enjoyed this episode and you're not subscribed yet, make sure you subscribe so that you get a notification when the second half of our interview with John uh, drops. Because if you enjoyed the first half, you're going to really get a lot out of the second half, too. So for now, we're going to take a pause here and catch us at our next episode to hear the final part of our interview with John. Until then, go out and make great music with your kids.